from my house and said, I ordered five fries and you only gave me four. I've actually done that. Okay. Did it work? Actually, they said, come on up. They did. They said, come on up. I don't know how they knew it was me when I came up, but, um, and there's been times when my wife has restrained me. But you know, we get, we, we have an expectation with things. So there's an expectation. I wanted this, therefore I should get that. Today I want to talk about what is your expectation? Do you ex- what do you expect when you talk with God? Because I find God does the unexpected. And when he does it, he always does it better. So when God says you want fries, I'll give you a Big Mac. He says, you've got, you've got five loaves and two fish. I can do 5,000 men with that. He says, you're sick. I can heal you. And so there's an expectation that we have. And if, if you would ask me a couple thoughts or a couple words that I would use to describe it, I'd use two words, common and uncommon. And we have, as humans... We have this idea of the common. And basically, if I was to define the word common, it would just be ordinary. The usual. And we grow up all the time expecting a common thing. People, when something happens, this is what they'd expect. And it's usually tit for tat. Right? I grew up with brothers. If I did something, I knew I would get something back. And they would never do something nice back. Right? You could ask Pastor Daniel. I think he still has scars. But when, we, when you do something, you expect something back. And it's usually in this level. But Jesus came along, and he did the uncommon, which is unusual. It's not ordinary. So this morning, I want to paint a picture for you. i got a bunch of verses that I'd like to share with you. I want to change your thinking of how you can walk. Because I'll be honest with you, we often, myself included, or I should even say, I often just walk in what I can do. Have you ever used the word, they deserve that? No hands came up. Uh, That probably was a good time not to raise your hands. They deserve that. I've got nine things that Jesus did, and they're not exhaustive, there's probably more if you took time, but I want to show you nine ways or nine things that Jesus did that was uncommon, that people recognize as uncommon. The first one I want you to to see is, is there's an uncommon authority. Jesus had an uncommon authority. The authority he had was not like everybody else. If you were to turn in your Bibles, and I've just clicked on my iPad, so I'm cheating. But actually, why don't we turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7 is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And at the end of that chapter, in verse 28, In 29, it says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. And if you would look at that word astonished, it would actually mean like they were blown away. They were amazed. They were like just, whoa. They were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them. Listen to this. This is their expectation. They were he was teaching them as one who had authority 
not as the scribes. They had begun to recognize that the scribes were actually ones who had no authority. Even though they were the authority. The scribes actually took the word of God. They took the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And they would actually take those and they would describe it. They would interpret it for the people. And they had done that to the point where they actually took God's law. And they made it of no effect. And Jesus came along and in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 He talks about, and there's a phrase in there many times where it says, you've heard it said, but I say. And Jesus was taking the common, and he was now making it uncommon. And as he finished, he says, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as scribes. When Jesus talked, people recognized he had authority. So I've got a number of questions as I go through these points. Common. When people listen to me in my conversation, do they recognize that I have authority in what I'm saying? Not an authority to lord it over people, but an authority that defines and describes and gives people an opportunity. When you see somebody who's authority, one of the phrases out of authority, one of the words that comes out of authority is author. Are you able to write something for somebody? Jesus had authority. Uncommon. You know, you will never experience the uncommon if you don't do the uncommon. Thank you, Pastor. You will never do the uncommon. You'll never experience the uncommon if you never do the uncommon. I want to see people get healed. That means I got to do something that I'm not doing now. That means I've got to talk to people. I've got to ask them, do you need some prayer? And then I've got to put an expectation in them that when we pray, God answers because he does. And what we're doing is we are giving them a picture of the uncommon. Because quite often people will say, sure, go ahead, pray for me, because nothing happens. Yeah, sure. If you want to waste a minute, go ahead, pray for me. That's not the expectation I have. I have this uncommon, unusual expectation that when I pray for somebody, they're going to get healed. When I pray for somebody, just like we heard this morning, strongholds will be broken. I believe it's as simple as saying it. I don't believe we need to pray for 15, 20 minutes. There are times when we do. But there's also times when we can just say, you're released now. There are things that we can say. We can just say it and it happens. And I'm going to show you that in the scriptures here in a few minutes. Another aspect of Jesus that was uncommon was his miracles. If you go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 and verse 12. If you want to have a fun exercise, just read the four Gospels and recognize how many times something miraculous happened. I think there's over 37 miracles that are recorded of what Jesus did. And I actually read Matthew, Mark, Luke. I haven't done it in John yet. And I literally made a spreadsheet of every miracle that Jesus did. And that was quite an exercise because when you see it, you realize none of the miracles are identical. Don't think you've got a formula. Don't think, well, I've got to do it this way, this way. I've got to spit in the mud. I've got to pull the mud. i got to stick. No, that doesn't happen every single time. Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark 2. And this is where he heals the paralytic. Talk about something uncommon. These guys had uncommon faith. Do you know they ripped the ceiling off, the roof off of a building? 
Can you imagine doing that nowadays? In our climate? My goodness. I'd be yelling and screaming even. It's like, are you kidding me? You just took the roof off? They were so desperate. So desperate. And Jesus, he says, he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he arose, I love this word, I love this word, immediately. <laughs> That's uncommon. Who here needs an immediate miracle? Come on, who here needs an immediate miracle? Hallelujah. Because I believe in a God that's an immediate God. And I will pray and I will declare miracles over you. Because I believe in a God that does the immediate. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. So that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. Can you imagine going to the Abbotsford Hospital and walking through the emergency clinic and just saying, be healed? Not trying to make a huge ruckus, but just walking through it. Can you imagine at about 8 o'clock at night on a nice sunny day when the shadow is nice and large having a bunch of people on the side of the road and you walk by and your shadow actually affects people? That's what I'm expecting. It's uncommon. It's out of the box. We got to start thinking outside the box. We got to start thinking, what does the Word of God say? Because that's my expectation. I ride my bicycle. And in the morning, I got to be careful which way the sun's shining because in one direction, it's just right in front of me. You know, if you go north, east, west, and south, you don't always have the shadow in the same direction. But when I pass somebody, I'm expecting, I've actually looked behind me to see if they've been changed. Seriously. I went to Starbucks a few weeks ago and I noticed the girl's hand wasn't right. And you know what I did? I went in my pocket to reach for my money and then I purposely put my hand out the window because the shade was going in the right direction and I was going like this to try to see where my shadow was. You'll never see a miracle and you'll never see the uncommon, the unusual if you don't do something unusual. I may have looked weird, but I tell you, when they get healed, they'll be so blessed. I, I believe in a ridiculous God. I've seen too much of the normal. I am not satisfied with the normal. They, were, they never saw anything like this. His miracles. Another thing that he had was his, his power. His power. Look to Luke chapter 4. We talked a little bit about this this morning, breaking strongholds in the name of Jesus. You know, there's no other name that you can utter that has the power than the name Jesus. There is no other name that you can utter that has the power in the name of Jesus. Ariana, I thought that was amazing. Because the world expects when something goes wrong, they use the name Jesus, but they don't know how to use the name Jesus right. And everybody expects when something goes wrong, they expect profanity, they expect some vulgar expressions, they expect, and instead you can say, Jesus help me. I find it amazing, in Hebrews it says, come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. That is usually the most time where you want to run and hide. But that's the time when you need him that you come boldly. Why? Because you're his child. Luke 4, 36. 
And this is when he heals a, a man with an unclean demon. Jesus rebuked the, verse 35, rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And when the de demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. Hallelujah. Do you see that? He came out doing him no harm. If you get confronted by an evil spirit because you're doing something God says, they will leave and do no harm. And they were all amazed and said one to another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the reports about him went out to every place in the surrounding region. He had uncommon power. His power was uncommon. They had no clue where it came from. They couldn't figure it out. That's the power that God wants working in you. In fact, that's the power that's inside of you. It says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You have the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. Inside of you, you contain the power that caused Jesus to be raised from the dead. You have that inside of you. That's uncommon power. That's unusual power. That's extraordinary. That is not ordinary. People don't wake up in the morning expecting to have an average day. I've yet to see somebody when I say, um, you know, you ask them, well, when you got up in the morning, what did you expect? I have yet to hear somebody say, well, I expected it just to be an average day. I just want an average life. No, I don't want an average life, and I have yet to find somebody that is satisfied with an average life. They want something better. They have a, have a good day. Can you imagine greeting somebody? Have an average day. Yeah. How was your day? Average. When you leave today, I'm not going to shake your hand and say, have an average afternoon. Just have an ordinary day. Just have a regular day. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to speak over you that you have a super fabulous, extraordinary afternoon. I'm going to speak over you that you have a day that surpasses any day, surpasses even what you could think would be imaginable. Because that's the God that I serve. He's uncommon. Power. Do you know he had unusual wisdom? Who here could be, use a little more wisdom? All us husbands should raise our hands. <laughs> yeah. There's one wise wife. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's doing well. Uh -huh. That's uncommon, yeah. Hallelujah. Do you know... God, Jesus, walked around with unusual wisdom. When he was 12 years old, they took him to the temple. A 12-year-old boy. And he stayed behind, and it says that he was talking with the doctors and the Pharisees and the scribes. He was talking to the people that were knowledgeable, and they were asking him questions. <laughs> I don't ask a 12-year-old very many questions. I'll be honest with you, I don't. I usually say, what are you doing and why did you do that? That's, you know, like, and they usually look up at me and go, well, I don't know. You know. Jesus, his wisdom in Luke 2. I want to read verse 40, first of all. And the child, and they're talking about Jesus, and this, this is before he's 12 years old, by the way. This isn't when he's 12 years old. This is before he turns 12. 
And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, 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 to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is him as a child. And he's growing up. And then it says, in, as you continue on, it was uh, verse 42. It says, and he was about 12 years old, and they went up to Jerusalem. If you scoot down to um, verse 50, or 52, sorry. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And if you read that passage, you find out the conversations he had with the knowledgeable people at the time. All that, it says in verse 47, all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Can you mention sitting down with a 12-year-old boy and he tells you things and you're blown away by his wisdom? I mean, Duger, Doogie Hauser, MD, wasn't even that smart. <laughs> Wisdom. I just dated myself, yeah. The gray hair does too. Do you know Jesus also operated in uncommon wealth? By the way, who here needs uncommon wisdom? <laughs> you know what? You have it. You have it. Because when you walk with Jesus, you have the uncommon with you. He had uncommon wealth. Who here could use some uncommon wealth? Man, I'll put both hands. It's like... <laughs> hallelujah, yeah, somebody's waving. It's like, I'll put up a sign. Uncommon wealth. Go to Luke 5. Do you know Jesus operated with uncommon wealth? It says in the past in the Bible that it says he he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And there's another verse that says that the mountains are full of gold. And in Luke chapter five, I, I find this this amazing. Chapter five, verse six. And this is near the beginning of his ministry. And he, it starts in verse four, and he, he finished speaking, he said to Simon. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. Have you ever said to Jesus, you know what? I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and I got nothing. And he says, do it again. No, but you don't understand. I've tried. Jesus was not a fisherman. That would be like me going up the Vetter River when the salmon are running and I stand on the side and say, oh guys, let me tell you how it's done. And they've got all their lines out and they're catching fish and they're doing this and that and they're, I mean, they got all the gear, everything. And then I come up dressed like this, maybe even carrying a little $16.99 Kmart special fishing rod, you know, and say, hey guys, let me show you how it's done. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They enclosed so much. Who here in your business could use a net-breaking experience? Come on. I believe, I believe in net-breaking experiences. If you've got a business, I'm asking God that your business would grow. I'm asking God that your profit margin, I, I've worked in business. I used to do takeoffs. And I remember how much profit you could put in there. And you'd put in 10%. And you'd hope that you made 10%. And when times were really tight, we didn't even put 10% in because we were competitive and we were trying to get the job. Who here would like a net-breaking experience where your profit goes through the roof? Amen. Alvaro, you're starting a business. 
I want you to have a net-breaking experience. Amen. You treat the customers right, you do them well, you work hard, and the favor will be upon you, and you will see profit that you didn't expect. Your name will go around because you are a man of integrity. Hallelujah. Don't expect the ordinary when you've got an extraordinary God. And go for it. If you need wealth, he's the God that knows how to make wealth. He says, go fishing and cast your net on creative thinking. Think the other side of the boat. Think another way of doing this. Don't say, I've done everything I can and I forget it. When he gives you an idea, check that idea out and take it to the bank. Go all the way with it. When God gives you an idea, he's not giving you just some idea just for the fun of it. He wants to bless you. That's a great spot for an amen. Because I serve a God that's a good God. The God that I serve is not a bad God. A couple weeks ago, I asked my dad of something that I was reaching for and stretching. And actually, when I asked him, Winona heard me. And I was asking my dad something uncommon that involved money that involved a request that he would be able to help. And it wasn't helping me. It was helping other people. But I said, Dad, would you be willing to do this? He looked at me with no hesitation, and he said, sure. One day, two days. What do you need? Do you know your God, your Father, even does that better than that? It says, if you know how to give your children good gifts when they ask you for bread, how much more your heavenly Father? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I know my dad very well. And I knew. When Winona actually looked at me when I said that, and she said, David. And my mom said, leave him alone. It's okay. I asked something ridiculous of my dad. And his immediate response was sure. And then he wasn't just satisfied with it once. He said, what do you need? (laughs) What do you need today? What do you need? I serve a God who does the unusual all the time. Another part of wealth, Peter, oh, you got to love Peter in the Bible. He's trying to justify him and Jesus, and he tells the guys, listen, we pay temple tax. He's trying to make Jesus look good. (laughs) And so Jesus says, Well, not to offend these guys, go down, go fishing, catch a fish, and take the money out of his mouth. (laughs) Have you ever caught a fish with money in it? Okay? I've never heard of it. Jesus not only says, go go fishing to find a fish with with money in his mouth, but then the fish actually takes the hook. Like, what are the odds? Don't think God isn't interested in finances. I believe he is. I believe he is. He's interested in your health. Not just your wealth, but your health. Turn to Mark chapter 16. These are his closing comments to his disciples. 
I believe this summer is going to be a supernatural summer. I've talked to Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel, and, and, and I want to tag this summer, supernatural summer. And I am expecting you to experience supernatural things. I mean, I can almost see the headline, Supernatural Summer, and having like a Beach Boys kind of song going through, you know, but anyways. Jesus, his great commission in Mark 16, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Listen to this. All these signs will accompany those who believe. This is amazing. We're going to read this. All these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. I believe that's the gift of tongues, but I also believe God gives you new words. Come on. They're going to speak a new language. They're going to speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Paul had a serpent bite him. And they all stood waiting for him to fall over dead. And what does he do? He shakes the serpent into the fire. And he goes on. And then if you read that account in Acts Paul continues on, and what it did was it opened a door of influence, and people came to him, and they got healed. People came expecting to be healed, not expecting to see what would happen. We live in such a skeptical society. What are you there for? I just want to see what happens. I'm just going to judge what's going on. And sometimes they're the ones that need it the most. Can you imagine? Seeing a miracle from God, and all of a sudden, that opens the door of influence. And you have, and and it says in that chapter of Paul, it says that that people came and they were healed, and he just, it's like amazing. He says, they'll pick up serpents with their hands, and this one here is for my wife. And if they drink any deadly poison, amen, chemotherapy, it's not going to hurt them. Come on. I'm expecting for the ridiculous. I'm expecting something to happen that defies conversation, defies logic, defies doctors. Why? Because I got a God that defies natural science. I've got a guy, that God, that actually split the sea and said, walk on dry land. Have you ever tried that? I can't even do that in a puddle. (laughs) He takes a sea, a river. He doesn't need a bridge. And he does it time after time after time. He doesn't do it once. He doesn't do it twice. I see at least three times where they walk on dry land. And then he says, if that's not good enough, Peter, walk on the water. I want you to expect the uncommon. Because you have the uncommon in you. It is in you already. You don't have to wait for a revelation and a light to shine and this to happen. You have, when you accept Christ, He dwells in you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have God living and dwelling inside of you. You have the power that raised Christ from the dead. You have the uncommon power, the ability, the dunamis of God. Amen. Everybody's going to go down to the Fraser this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah. I flipped a page. That's why I couldn't tell where I was. They drink any deadly poisons. They'll lay hands on the sick and they might recover. Ah, gong. They will recover. 
Then listen to this. Okay, listen to this. This is just after Jesus says it. The verses go on. So then the Lord Jesus, after he'd spoken to them, was taken up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. Now listen to this. This blew my mind yesterday. While the, world, the Lord walked, worked with them. While the Lord worked with them. Doesn't say they worked with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to try to mess with you a little bit. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the message. Do you know God wants to confirm his message? God wants to confirm what he says in his word through you. So I, I read that. And David being David says, huh, who here needs to be healed? Who here needs to be healed? This isn't a trick question. Be healed. Because the words I'm saying are the words of his covenant. And I'm crazy enough to believe that you're going to be healed because I spoke what, I, what his word says. And he confirms his word. He says the Lord worked with them confirming their words. What are you saying? What are you saying? What do you expect your shadow to do? What do you expect your hand to do when you touch somebody? When you look at somebody and say, do you need prayer? And they say, yes. Do you just say, God bless them? Or do you say, Lord, touch them? Because, man, I've got a lightning bolt in my hand. And I'm not trying to be silly. But there's a power inside of me. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's uncommon. And people, their expectation is just ho-hum. Can you imagine what happens when their ho-hum gets turned upside down? It's oh-um. It's like you touch them. And you say, how do you feel? I feel better. I mean, it's like they're surprised. It's like they're shocked. I remember we had a healing service one Sunday evening. Pastor Nelson was praying for somebody and we had said we expected people to be healed and a member in our congregation came up and I just found it to be funny and it, I wasn't upset with him at all I just thought it was amazing because it's exactly how we think Pastor, Nace, Pastor Nelson prayed for him and he says how do you feel and the guy goes <laughs> I feel better almost in disbelief don't make it uncommon Are you with me? Jesus had uncommon abilities. In Mark 6, 2, it says, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Man, they're talking about wisdom, they're talking about mighty things, and they're talking about what he's saying. God wants you to operate literally in the full package. I love this one. God's got a different kind of math. It's a multiplication math. In Luke 9, 12 to 13. <laughs> and this is the feeding of the 5,000. I, I just love the feeding of the 5,000. I think, man... Goodness, if I bought two Happy Meals from McDonald's, how many people would that serve? It's like, if you're real hungry, it would serve one person. And when the day began to wear away, this... Have you ever been like this with the 12? Then came the 12, being full of wisdom. And they said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals or get food. For we're here in the desert. And what does Jesus say to them? He looks at the disciples. 
And he says, give them food to eat. They just told them they got nothing. Give them food to eat. And they said, we have no more but five loaves and two fish. They were expecting the usual. They were expecting the common. They were expecting just whatever happens. They were just expecting the typical landscape. They were just expecting what everybody else was expecting. And Jesus says to them, with even in their expectation, even in your expectation, even in my expectation, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'll be honest with you, I'd be with the 12. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Give me five, five uh, loaves and two fish. I do the math. I got four kids. <laughs> it's like, Lord, that's going to do one of us. Come on. I got to be honest with you. I'm with the 12. How many of you here are with the 12? Can we be honest? And we look at something and say, that's impossible. That would never happen. And what does he do? He says, give them the food. You'll never experience a miracle if you don't give what you've got. You'll never experience the uncommon, the unusual, the unexpected if you stay living in the expected, usual, normal. And my passion is to see healing. My passion is not just to see physical healing. My passion is to see mental healing. Why is it we can diagnose a broken leg, but when somebody comes with a mental disorder, we have no clue? I'm not satisfied. Down syndrome. That's, that's nothing to God. What do you have? What are you prepared to use? And whether it literally, literally is food, or whether it's just a word that God gave you, he can take what you have and multiply it. Amen. And all of a sudden, there's 5,000 men being fed. And by the way, that's not the only time he did that. He did it at least one other time. I got one more passage I want to show you. If you go to Luke chapter 6. Jesus lived an unusual, uncommon lifestyle. And he was taught, teaching his disciples. And if you go with me to Luke chapter 6 and verses 35... And it starts there in verse 35. It says, but love your enemies and do good and lend. Listen to this. Expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. And if you go ahead of that into verse 32, it says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that for even the sinners love each other. He says, what good is it if you're just doing what everybody else does? Basically what he's saying is, how is your life? What is the lifestyle that you're living? 
Are you living a lifestyle that is dictated by society and cultural and this and that? Or are you living the lifestyle that's dictated by the word of God? He says, even the, the sinners, they like each other. If one guy does something good for him, hey, they're going to like each other. That's, that's not unusual. That's not uncommon. And if you do good though to those who do good to you, what benefits to that to you? For even the sinners do the same. He's describing an uncommon lifestyle. Do you just do good to somebody that does good to you? Or do you actually love your enemy? Whoo! That one dropped like a lead balloon. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is, in mer is merciful. Judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Listen to this. Give, and it will be given to you. Give. What's he talking? Relationships. He's not just talking about finances. We use that all the time for finances. But this is lifestyle. This is a life that you live. Live a life that gives. And it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Oh, I like this. Because when I order fries, I like to get a full package of fries. I don't want just three. I want it pressed down, shaken together, running over. I like to have it all. Man, if I ask for a drink of water, I don't like just to get a little bit. Man, fill the cup. Maybe you don't. I do. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Around Jesus, the uncommon became common. The unusual became usual. The supernatural became natural. The impossible became possible. The unbelievable became believable. The unexpected became the expected. When you live a life an uncommon life, all of a sudden the uncommon becomes common. The unexpected, I didn't expect that happens to be what's expected. People start coming around expecting something. I want you to come to church expecting a touch from God. I want you going in your neighborhood expecting God to move into your neighborhood. I want you to take the gospel into your workplace and expect your business practices to get better. I expect you to take the word of God into your finances and see profit margins increase. Why? Not because of what you've done, but you've taken the unexpected, the uncommon, and it's now living and becoming common in your life. And Jesus was all about the uncommon becoming common. I don't know if you caught the gist of what I'm saying today. I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm trying to do something uncommon. I'm learning how to fish. So if you're here today and you want to trade the common in for the uncommon, it says in John 3, 16, it says, whoever believes in me will not perish. And the greatest miracle of all 
is the miracle of eternal life. So if you want to experience a relationship with Jesus that changes your destiny from what is expected from everybody else to what is expected with Christ. You have an opportunity this morning. So if you could just bow your heads for a moment. If you'd like to get to know Jesus the way I've been talking about him today, and you say, I'm not sure if I know him. And I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about destiny. I'm talking about your life. A starting point. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, and you want to experience the most uncommon thing is exchanging life for eternal life, I'd like to pray with you. So if there's anybody here that would like to accept Christ for your first time, I want you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to pray with, with all of you because I know myself, I need to make the uncommon common. So I'm going to ask God to touch you. That it will last. The words that are said will go to seed into your life and you will experience uncommon things in your life because of what God is doing. If you'd like to experience that even more than you do now, just hold your hands out to receive. Heavenly Father, I release the uncommon, the impossible, the extraordinary, the supernatural, the ridiculous, the weird. And I release that in businesses, in families, in health, in personal relationships, in their own individual lives, will you saturate us with the uncommon? Your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have an uncommon, extraordinary, not average week. God bless you.